0: I want to welcome each one back to the service this afternoon. appreciate your attendance, appreciate your contribution to the assembly, appreciate the opportunity that I have to share with you from my study of God's Word. Anytime that I have an opportunity to do that, it's my my desire that you'll be able to profit from things that I've gained from my study of God's Word. Um, Title the Study of the Afternoon, Being Patient, I believe that it's an extension of some of the concepts that we talked about this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I believe number, verse number 4 says that love is patient, and the, uh, it's long-suffering. Love is long-spirited. And so when we think about showing the love of Christ or practicing the love of Christ, extending the love of Christ toward others, one of the things that we need to uh, exercise ourselves unto is patience, that we need to uh, have the ability and we need to uh, examine ourselves in light of the teachings from God's Word and see where we stand on the subject and certainly something all of us uh, could grow in. I know that uh, probably uh, oftentimes I don't feel necessarily qualified to, to discuss a topic, but this is probably the one where I, f- I feel the most challenged, um, thus the need for the study in my own life, and I hope that it will benefit you. We talk about being patient. The first scripture that comes to my mind is James chapter 5, and verse number 7. The Bible says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure... You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And so when we think about being patient, what what does that mean? We uh, break down our study for the afternoon, just our outline, that we're going to look at the, the Bible and define this term, this concept of patience. We're going to look at areas where we need to examine our life for proper application, of this concept of patience. And then we're going to go back to this text and look at these three examples that the Scripture points to in order that we might grow or develop more patience. So, uh, beginning with the definitions of patience, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 25, the Scripture says, But if we hope for or we expect, earnestly expect, that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And I think that a lot of us associate patience with waiting, and that's certainly uh, what uh, one of the things that patience has to do with is the ability to wait. The King James uses the term "long suffering, suffering for a long time, the uh, ability to wait, the ability uh, to endure. In Hebrews chapter six, verse number 10, he says, "For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love." which you have set, showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. One of the things that helps me uh, get my mind around a biblical concept and a lot of times is passages of scripture like this that tell us what a concept is not. Patience is not laziness. It's not slothfulness and a lot of times I've uh, maybe went to pat myself on the back for being patient when in reality what I was being was lazy or slothful and though patience has to do with waiting for something to happen you know when we're uh, extending an effort toward an end goal when we're exerting ourselves in a certain way when we have a desired end result whatever the case might be patience isn't simply doing nothing it's uh, about continuing and enduring, and though there, there may be waiting, it's not the absence of any sort of effort. But rather, on the flip side, it has to do with uh, a, a diligence that is exerted and extended toward whatever the situation might be. Areas where we need to uh, examine our lives to see if we are properly uh, practicing patience as we ought to. And first of all, just in, in the most general sense, uh, that all of life requires patience. In Romans 2, verse number 7, he says, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. And so, as we go through this race, we run this race patiently, we seek glory, honor, immortality, eternal life with patient continuance, continuing uh, in this this endeavor, this uh, pathway. In Galatians 6, verse number 9, he says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in de- due season we shall reap, if we faint not. And so when we think about these passages of Scripture, patience, being patient in life, James said that you establish your hearts. And that word establish means to brace something up, to shore something up. And so the... The flip side of, of this idea of patience, the scripture uh, uses the term becoming weary, fainting in your hearts. We would say giving up or surrendering, quitting. And certainly that's the, the opposite of what we're called to do in this Christian race. But we're called to endure, to continually continue patiently in this effort, in this goal of being in heaven. And so patience is one of those things that will brace the heart up and help prevent us from giving up. One of the areas that we're told to do this is in well-doing. And a lot of times we'll get the idea, and I've heard people say, well, we tried that once and it didn't work. It didn't do any good. Have you ever maybe said that about something that the church did, some effort that the church went about? Well, it doesn't do any good to do that. Well, I can remember a few years back we did that and it didn't make any difference one of the things that we need to realize about that type of statement is that, one, it's, it's considerably arrogant for us to think that we can determine whether or not something did any good. If you did what God said, did something that God said to do, how can that not be good? But we, we think by our ability to determine the, the productivity or the fruitfulness of something that we can, we can make that evaluation. Well, do what you're supposed to do. God says to do good. Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So we're called upon to act benevolently. And that's something that can be challenging and difficult. And it's tempting at times to go, well, what good did that do? And that's an area where we need to exercise patience. We need to patiently continue in well-doing. Just because you might not be able to discern something good that came from it or some fruitfulness that it had, don't become weary. Don't give up. Don't quit in those areas of well-doing. He said in due season, we'll reap if we faint not. I think of Psalms 126. It's not up there on your screen, but it's on my secret notes here at the back. 126 verse 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaths in with him continually goes forth weeping. And that's the concept of patience. The, the sowing part, the planting part, the watering part, all of that is not necessarily joyous labor. But he says the one that continues to do that, the one that patiently continues in those efforts, there's no doubt that he'll come again with rejoicing, bringing his season with him. And that's what Galatians 6 9 is 9 saying. In due season, you'll harvest, you'll reap if you don't faint. If you don't get weary. So, patience braces the heart up, it establishes the heart, it helps uh, to keep us from, from giving up, from throwing in the towel. And therefore, it's of great importance to the Christian. In times of trial, patience is of great necessity. In Romans 12, verse number 12, he says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And I don't, I look back at, at recent times. The recent past of my life, and I, I probably estimated that I had a, a greater amount of patience than I actually did. Probably all been guilty of something like that at times, overestimating ourselves. Patient in tribulation. You know, when the hard times come, we want those to end quickly. We want those to get over and get them behind us. And I've heard people say things like, I can't take much more of this. Well, you know what? That's, that's not a, a, a wise statement. That's not a statement of patience. What if, what if you have a whole bunch more? What if you don't know the half of it yet? God says he won't allow you to be tempted above that which you're able so be cautious in making those those arbitrary decrees about what you'll be able to handle. I heard an individual say, well, I just wouldn't be able to handle the loss of one of my children. That's something that that a parent should never have to endure. Well, sure, no, that's not something that nobody would want to endure, but many have had to. And it's a foolish idea to, to make this, this decree that you wouldn't be able to handle it because then when the time comes, you won't be able to handle it. But the reality is, is that you have the assurance of God that nothing's going to happen that you can't handle with him and, and, and through him and, and all of the uh, access that he gives you. To that. So during difficult times, those are times to exercise patience, to brace your heart up and say, I will carry whatever load that I'm, I'm called to carry in this life. And I'll do that for the Lord. Being patient in tribulation, a very difficult time. To practice patience. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse number 4: so that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Keep in mind, as you struggle with patience in life, that somebody else is watching. And that's what's being referenced here: that the church was aware of the patience that these Thessalonian brethren had. And that was encouraging to other people. That was building other people up because they were con- patiently continuing through these times of tribulation and persecution. And so sometimes you might be tempted to go, well, you know, this, this really doesn't affect anyone else and, and allow that to help excuse you into to losing patience in that way and remember that there's always someone watching and your actions are going to help or they're going to hurt and these these Thessalonian brethren they encouraged the body of Christ by the patience that they showed during their difficult times of life during their persecutions and tribulations we need to have patience toward others in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 14 he says now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble minded support the weak be patient toward all men and that's an area where I tend to run out of patience quite quickly is the toward all men I don't have to drive in in this kind of traffic around these metropolitan areas very long before I I realize I don't know if I even have any patience at all and it kind of might discourage me a little bit to go oh you know what I'm not a very good driver At the end of the day, that's one of the things that helps me be a little bit more patient toward all men. When that guy cuts me off and I think, what kind of person would do that? The reality of the answer is me. I would because I wasn't paying attention because there's my exit and I'm in the wrong lane and I don't know where I'm going and I don't have my wife to tell me where to go. You know, it's a little bit easier to be patient when we're honest with ourselves and we're humble and we have that that accurate self-image to be patient toward all men to go, you know, Maybe we don't understand that person's situation. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe there's uh, a little bit more justification in that action than we want to admit. But we're called upon to be patient toward all men. In Ephesians chapter four, verse number two, he says, "With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love." You see, you're called upon to be patient with me this afternoon. You say, well, we just had that big meal, and you think he'd take that into account and not preach quite as long. But you know what, sometimes it takes some extra effort to put up with me, but I need to realize that when I'm having a little bit of trouble putting up with one of my brothers and sisters in Christ, that somebody's putting up with me too, and they're putting up with my uh, shortcomings and my inabilities and all those things, so we're to be patient with one another, and practice patient toward all men, but particularly, again, those of the household of faith, forbearing one another, putting up with each other, picking up and bearing one another. That word meekness, that has the application in um, composure during times of wrongdoing. So maintain your composure. And patience is one of the things that helps do that. It helps brace up your heart. And he says, waiting for the, the return of Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse number 5, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. That patient waiting for Christ, that's what is the preventative measure against the wrath of man that doesn't work the righteousness of God. That's the thing that will keep the anger from boiling over, that will keep you from seeking vengeance and taking revenge and those types of things because you will patiently wait for the Lord who it's, it's his rightful place. Vengeance is the Lord's. He'll repay. And it'll keep you from intruding into areas that you don't need to be in. Also, Revelation 6 In verse number 10, it says, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. You know, it's human nature to be impatient. And these faithful brothers and sisters in Christ that have been executed for their faith, We have this picture of them in Revelation, and they're crying out to the Lord and going, how long are you going to let this go on before you revenge, before you make this right, before justice is served? And God's answer is what? White robes were given to every one of them, and they were told to rest. And what were they told? There's going to be more that die like you. But God's going to take care of that on His timeline. And if we'll remember that, then that'll help us to maintain the patience. It's human nature to be impatient and to desire for that justice uh, to be dealt out. But we need to remember that God's going to take care of all those things on his timeline. So how do we grow in area of patience? How do we develop patience? And this is probably the important uh, part where the rubber meets the road for the Christian as we study this afternoon. One of the things is, first and foremost, we have to realize that we're going to have to be different. We're going to have to take a different route to this. The world around us is not patient. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're going to have to be different than the world around you. Patience isn't the natural course. It's not a product of the natural man, so it's a product of the spiritual mind. And you're going to have to be transformed by changing the way that you think. And if you're going to grow in patience, you're going to have to change the way that you look at things and let God's teachings uh, mold and and adapt your way of thinking. In Romans 15, in verse number 4, he says, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus. And so, again, the simple answer to growing in patience is spend that time in God's Word to uh, develop that patience. Patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Particularly in the Scripture, the text that we started off with, he gave us a few examples. He said, Behold the farmer, in James chapter. Five, verse number 7, and he points out how the farmer waits for the precious uh, fruit of the earth and has long patience for it. I've known several farmers uh, throughout my life. I, I worked for a farmer uh, growing up on a ranch out in the middle of nowhere up in the Texas panhandle, and this kind of patience, this, this farmer happened to be a Christian man, and, and, and he made a lot of impact on me through the patience that he showed. One particular instance that sticks in my mind is one day uh, I had torn up a large piece of farm machinery. (laughs) I don't think it was entirely my fault, but I'm sure that it was mostly my fault. And we were at the shop, and he was repairing that that large plow, and he he was welding it back together. And in that process, he had a a three-pound sledgehammer, and he was banging on that metal plow, and he just landed it right square on his thumb with that giant hammer. And he dropped the hammer and he grabbed his thumb and he didn't say a word for quite a while. And he just kind of rubbed his thumb a little bit. And then he, he said, that, that really smarts. And he picked his hammer back up and went back to work. And that just blew my mind. Because I've seen a lot of instances where someone hit themselves or hurt themselves or something like that in the, the line of work and I've done almost that exact same thing and it's, it's real hard to act like he acted and there's, there's patience uh, that farmers, my father-in-law is a farmer and you see them take this massive investment and go out and put it in the ground in hope and then they've got this process and there's so many things that are out of their control in between but they have this hope of this harvest at the, at the end of the day. And the scripture points us to the farmer and it says, look to that farmer as an example of patience. Wait for the early and the latter rain. So go out and do your work. Go out and don't be weary and well-doing. Go out and, and take the opportunities that you have to share God's Word with others. Take the opportunities that you have to do good expecting nothing in return. Take the opportunities that you have to serve in the Lord knowing that nothing that you do, none of your labor that's in the Lord is in vain. You mow the yard and you spend a lot of time getting it all pretty and that's pretty much a waste of time because you're going to do the exact same thing next week. But nothing that you do for the Lord is in vain. None of that time's wasted. So patiently continue in it and have patience. The, Eventually, the harvest will come. Luke eight fifteen, he that are on the they that are on the good ground are they which with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. And so, it it's a requirement of that final crop. There has to be the patience in waiting uh, for the fruition of those efforts. In John fifteen verse number eight, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. This fruitfulness is a a mark of discipleship to Christ. And patience is required to be fruitful, to be productive for the Lord. So it's very important. We're told to take the prophets as an example of patience. Consider Jeremiah, chapter 38, verse number 6. It says, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire, so Jeremiah sunk in the mire. I don't know what image you have here of Jeremiah going down into the mud. Maybe you're thinking he was like in one of those bathtubs full of mud with the cucumber slices on his eyes, getting a spa treatment. But that's not what Jeremiah was doing right here, is it? When he got lowered down into that festering stink pit. That's what his... That's what he got for doing his job, for for preaching the word of the Lord. And we're pointed to those types of individuals. Say, look at these guys for an example of suffering and of patience. He was out doing what God told him to do, and that's how he was rewarded. Second uh, Chronicles 24, 20. The Spirit of God came unto Zechariah, the son of Jehadiah, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. You know, you look at that and go, well, he was a failure in his job, but he wasn't. He delivered the word of the Lord. He did what God had called him to do. And that was his earthly reward but we realize that the Lord rewards faithful service we're pointed to Job in Job chapter 2 verse number 7 where the Bible tells us so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown and he took him apart sure to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes then said his wife unto him dost thou still retain thou thine integrity curse God and die But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. And so we see this example of Job and his patient continuance through tribulation, and not just tribulation, persecution. All of these hardships that come along with his property and his possessions and then his health, and then you stack upon that, all his friends come along and begin to accuse him of being this, this vile, wicked person that's getting what he deserves. And his wife says, What are you what are we doing here? Just give up, just quit. And we're we're turned to him as an example to say, patiently continue. Go through the hard times. Don't quit. We've seen the end of the Lord that he's very compassionate and merciful one of the ways that will help us grow and, and, and cause us to act accordingly is to properly assess the value of patience. A lot of times we'll look at a subject of something like patience and go, you know, that's something I should really work on. If, if I get a little extra, I, everybody, well, everybody needs more patience. Nobody has enough patience. But is your evaluation of patience going to actually lead you to any sort of change or affect any kind of change in your life? And the way that that actually comes about is when you properly assess the value of patience. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 36, it says you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And the scripture tells you you need patience. You have need of that. And so you have to begin with that realization that this isn't something that ought to be taken lightly, but that you need to brace up your heart. And prepare your heart for difficulties of life that are going to come. And patience is what braces up your heart. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse number 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and of our Father. And so, again, the value of patience. Colossians 1, 11, Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. And so you might look at your life and go, you know, I'm a pretty patient person. I feel like that I have a lot of patience. And then we always see area and room for growth when you can go through these difficult times, not only with patient and patiently endure through those things, but to do it with joyfulness at the same time is a pretty tall order. But that's uh, what we're called to in the Scripture. And that's the kind of thing that shines a light that is a great contrast to the world around us and provides many evangelistic opportunities when we live the way that God's called us to live. Look at Revelation 3, verse number 10. He says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the face of the earth. Uh, The English Standard says, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance. My word about patient endurance. And that's what we need to do. We need to keep God's word about patient endurance. We need to continue on. And we don't need to become discouraged easily. And there's lots of discouragements as you go through this life. Whether you're working on evangelism and trying to share the gospel with others, there's lots of discouragements in that. Whether you are just battling with health and, and the, the cares of this life, there's lots of things that can discourage. Uh, love... Is patient. Love patiently endures. Love doesn't fail. Love doesn't give up and quit. And so, patience is of extreme importance. I don't think there is a statement uh, that I can think of that would underscore that any more than what Jesus says here in Luke twenty-one nineteen: "In your patience, possess ye your souls." Because if you give up, if you quit, if you throw on the towel, then you lose. But if you patiently endure, then you'll be victorious. The prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse number 28, he says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that patiently continue, that wait on the Lord, that endure, they'll doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves in Him. In due season, they'll reap. They faint not. And so we have need of patience. And I don't know where you stand on that, but if you're going to grow and get better in that it's going to be through examination of God's word from thinking about the farmer the prophets the example of Job it's going to be through a knowledge of of God's word his teachings the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope it's going to be because you recognize the value of patience that in your patience you possess your soul and you recognize that it's patience it's one of the the things in the character uh, qualities that shores up your heart and that will keep you from losing heart And so the lesson endures this afternoon, and I hope that you'll uh, consider that, that you'll take these teachings from God's Word and that you'll establish your heart through the patience and comfort of the Scripture and that you might patiently endure to the end, that you'll finish your course, that you'll have fought the good fight, and that you'll lay hold on eternal life. And if you're here this afternoon and you have a spiritual need, we never like to close the service without offering the Lord's invitation if we can be of service to you through obedience to the gospel or prayers of the church on your behalf, let that be known by having a seat on one front pews by together we stand and sing.